The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, with the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. I'm Adam. And today we have another top 10 episode for you. Today, we are going to be doing our top 10 weird songs. Yeah. You might be thinking, John, what do you mean by weird we songs? We already did top 10 Weird Al songs. Yeah. Well, that is the exact same question that Adam posed to me <laughs> when I, he saw it and he goes, what do you mean by weird songs? And here's what I meant. These are unusual songs that were done by mainstream artists mm -hmm. who maybe put out um, an album that had just one song that just was a little odd, that just was unusual, was weird, and didn't seem to fit. Because I, I was listening to some stuff, and there were a few other songs that um, that I immediately thought of when I thought of this. And I thought, you know what? I bet we could come up with ten songs that are just weird that we liked in yep. our list. So that's how we that's how we put this. Yep, I uh, I had a good time doing the research for this one because I had a few off the top of my head that I could put in, and they're going to be high on my list. Mm -hmm. But then I had to research some other ones to kind of listen to some, uh, you know, some uh, to, um, to ones to be like, OK, what will I actually want to put on there? Um, so, yeah. So I, I I found a whole bunch of stuff that I hadn't really heard before. But I'm like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that made my list because it was, it was cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm interested. Uh, most of mine actually came from memory. OK. Um, there were only a few that I actually kind of researched, See, as it were. <laughs> There, there are some that I had from memory that I'm like, I'll never touch on my list because I don't like them. I actively hate right. them. So. <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to assume, like, a Mother from Correct. the Police when we that talked was about not that even, one. Yes. No, there's no way that I was getting near my top ten. Yeah, not same, which is why I had no problems just mentioning it right there. <laughs> yeah. Because I did find a couple of people who had sort of similar lists of weird songs, and Mother mm. definitely made their list. Yes. And I'm like, well, that's a good example, but it is not at all going to make my list because it was like, weird in yeah. the worst way. Yeah, it's like the example. Uh, so I'm I'm ready to jump into this list and hear some weird songs. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right, Adam, why don't you start us off with your number 10? All right, so my number 10 is from a band who is kind of strange already. They're definitely willing to experiment uh and this song if you can call it uh is very much experimentation with some if interesting noises um and it's all mostly animal noises because it's a uh, pink floyd and the song is several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pict That's fantastically weird. It's so it's, it's from 1969's album Uma Guma uh, that they put out, and it holds the distinction of having the longest title of any of the bands of any Pink Floyd's tracks. So it's sure. it's all noises of like resembling rodents and birds, but it was all done by Roger Waters. All the noises and all this stuff were either done by him or like you know mouth techniques or di right. making different stuff and to make it sound like they were different animals. And then the other part is it says grooving with a picked with a which a picked 
is uh, an indigenous people of Scotland area um, because partway through it becomes like a spoken word stuff and he sounds like a very Scottish accent um, mm-hmm. and it's just it's kind of it gets really weird there's even a hidden message in at four minutes and 32 seconds where it plays really fast but if you slow it down it says that was pretty avant-garde wasn't it like <laughs> it's just a it's obviously just Roger Waters fucking around with sound noises that's kind of fun that's that is kind of fun <laughs> Uh, one thing I will say this while I'm thinking about it. one thing I I steer away from were th- things that seemed like they were skits or transition tracks. Sure. Yeah, in, I didn't do in that album because um, there were a few that was like they were if they were like two spoken word like they mm-hmm. didn't seem like they could have been a song that seems like it was actually like it's music They're, via sound they come so it's like kind of have like it, it, it starts off and you've seen this i've seen this in movies and shows where you just hear some different sounds and then they start becoming a beat then they start to become almost like a song it's almost musical mm-hmm. and then it kind of dives into some weird kind of um you know spoken word stuff but there are there's a musical element to this it's fucking weird yeah. though <laughs> yeah exactly um, okay, so my number 10, I decided to reserve it for probably the most well-known weird song okay. because it was the biggest band of all time and it, everyone thought it was weird when it came out. Sure. It's not. It, it's, it's hard-pressed to say it's a song, but it is iconic because everyone knows what it is, so I, I left it at my number 10, which is Revolution 9 by the Beatles. Yeah. Number 9, number 9, number 9, number 9, number 9. Number nine, 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 number nine. Certainly not on my list. I'm not shocked at all. Yeah. Um, it is, I mean, it's just kind of a tape loop. Um, experimentation with tape is not a new thing. Um, one of my favorite classical composers, uh, of the 20th century actually did a lot of experimentation with tape looping. Um, and so that's kind of what we have here. Um, it does, you could make the argument that it is kind of a transition song or a skit or something like that, but most people consider it a song. Um, so and it's long, isn't it? It yeah, it's probably longer than it needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I'm not a fan of it, um, so it was not even in consideration. But it is one of those immediate think of songs when you think of this weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, your number nine. Not- what was that? I keep dropping my phone. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, your number nine. All right, so my number nine is a police song. But it is not Mother, because Mother sucks. Uh, this is another police song, very weird. It was on. It came out on a 1993 compilation album called Message in a Box, which was a, it had all is their complete recordings, which included their five studio albums as well as non-album songs. Um, and this was one of the non-album songs, so it wasn't released previously. But it came out on a, on a CD, and it's it's called Friends. I like to eat my friends and make no bones about it. I like to eat my friends, I couldn't do without it. Paint a man or poet friend, I know just how you'll taste. Your limbs go sliding down my throat and never go to waste. Your death of course will sadden me until I drop your essence. I know your life is not in vain. 
So it's got interesting elements because it's got some elements that sound very police-like. Um, there's almost like a almost like a chorus that's not there's no lyrics to it, um, but it just it sounds very very policey. But it, mm. the rest of it, the actual lyrics are very strange, and it's it's not like a good good groove really or anything. But here here are the lyrics. I like to eat my friends and make no bones about it. I like to eat my friends. I couldn't do without it. Ain't a man or poet, friend. I know just how you'll taste. Your limbs go sliding down my throat and never go to waste. It's fucking weird. That is fucking weird. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's got little sections that actually add in some, like, actual police style. Um, mm. The song, the composition of it is a mess, though, because it, it weirdly goes from that to back and forth with this weird, you know, songy, spoken, creepy lyrics. Um, I get why it wasn't on an album, but it's definitely mm-hmm. better than Mother, and so I enjoyed <laughs> it enough. Fair enough. My number nine kind of skirts the line. How, how could of, you not put Revolution number nine at nine? Just realizing that. Holy, I, the opportunity, John. I know the opportunity was there, but it, like in the in the scheme of things, it, it didn't feel right. <laughs> okay. Um, this one kind of skirts the line. It is it is a very unusual song. It's kind of a funny song. And and you could make the argument that some of their earlier stuff, because this is one of their earlier songs, is kind of in that vein. But this one really sticks out because it's overt. So I've always found this one to be slightly weird in that sense. But as you know, as I said, it skirts the line mm-hmm. of what could be a weird song. But I decided to throw it on here, and so my number nine. Um, off of their 1976, 1976 album, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, uh, I went with the ACDC song, Big Balls. That's actually my number eight. So it, it's okay. perfect. Yeah, it flies right into it. Dude, it's a fucking interesting song. It's funny. The social pages say I've got the biggest balls of all. It is it is uh, hilariously weird. Um, I you know I mean it's dirty deeds done jerk cheap could kind of be in that same vein, but that that song really does feel just like a, a rocking song. Yes. But the big balls, and it's exactly what you think it's talking about. I mean, there's so. innuendo, but it's not much innuendo. They're pretty, they're literally talking about big balls. And I, <laughs> I've got big balls. He's got big balls. She's got big balls. I mean, they're talking about other stuff. There's there's silly aspects to this movie, to this song. It's it's very comical. Um, good innuendo. They're, they're kind of being cheeky, but honestly, it's just so overt with it. It's funny. And the singing style is not a typical singing style with um like the rest of the other songs so it is slightly different as well uh, but it was funny yeah i listened to that yeah. one i was like yeah i i that's got to make my list all right cool let's move on to number eight yeah that was my number eight so we're back to you oh so we're back to me all right uh all right so my number eight uh was a song that i've actually come to know about recently i didn't i already knew about it 
uh, before researching for this one, but it is it is newer to me because I only found out about it within the last year um, uh, due to a fantastic podcast that I listened to called The Ongoing History of New Music, uh, talking about you know some unusual stuff. And this comes from a early, early 1967 hit for Mr. David Bowie called The Laughing Gnome. With his tiny hands on his tummy, chuckling away, laughing all day. Oh, to report you to the gnome of his Nope. 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 Uh, anything with like that Alvin E. Chipmunky style stuff? No way. Oh, I could. I mean, it's weird. It's fucking yes. weird. It is. It is absolutely weird. And I. I think it just. It makes me laugh more than anything else because it is not a good song. No. At all. Like not even a little bit. I, I struggled and uh, with kind of David Bowie and actually there's a couple other people who did not make my list um, because some of their like Queen I was like do I put some of there's some interesting Queen songs but like they and similar enough with Bowie like they do so many different styles right and I'm like what is not their style I don't know uh, Primus all they make is weird songs so right. I don't think I can consider any Primus song a weird song <laughs> right you know um, and even Outcast has got some really funky stuff that could fit but they have enough of that to be like well they throw that they throw like a funky song on every damn album so right. I don't I didn't consider it but I mean Bowie and that one that sounded so terrible I understand why it was just different enough that you had to add it because it's and cool. a, apparently Bowie tried to distance himself from that song <laughs> okay later in his career sure um and if you see I mean if you ever see the like the cover the single cover of that like he looks very very young in that so it was very mm. early on for him mm-hmm. so uh all right well then let's go to number seven all right uh my number seven is an uh Pretty much an instrumental track, if I remember. Um, it is from a, an amazing blues rock group uh, that I believe Eric Clapton was a part of at one point, but this was during the time that Jeff Beck was a part of it. It's the Yardbirds, and this song is Hot House of Omagarashid. Yeah, that, that if if you, I never in a million years would have picked out the Yardbirds for that. Exactly, the style is so different. For the, it's almost got a tribal sound to it, but there was also like this. It's like they grabbed like a piece of sheet metal that waka waka wah 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 wah. There's like a wah 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 sound thing, sure. um, in there, and then just the yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it's it's silly, but I really, I mean, I actually legitimately enjoyed listening to it for a song. It's it's a weird little jam. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was just kind of a fun, a fun little song. Uh, all right. My number seven along the lines of big balls is, is it skirts the line. And I think the reason I put it in there is because a lot of people who are fans of this band are going to know this song 
And in and of itself, it's not necessarily like an unusual song. What was unusual about it was it stuck out in the album for not being similar to any of the other songs on the album. It was Uh unexpected. It was actually more of a throwback to their early, early stuff. But then they threw in things like a mandolin into the song, and that just made it a little bit weirder. And I'm talking about Ty Cobb from Soundgarden. I, I didn't. I didn't think of that one just because I but really I, like Taika. I, lo- I, I love the song, but yeah. it is completely out of place, out of mm-hmm. everything in the album, and uh, it's slightly weird. And I remember any, all of yeah. my friends when that album came out. All of us were talking like, "Dude, have you heard Ty Cobb?" Mm-hmm. You know, it was like it was just it was just weird little song. You know, it's like it's a short one. It's kind of more yeah. punk than anything else. Yes, they kind of which they was beyond kind of what they were really doing at that point. Um, and so, but I mean, the thing is, I love the song. It's great. I love listening I, to it. It's a, it's a fun like workout song for me. It really get it. Just you yeah. get so much energy. Um, Hard headed. Fuck you all. I love that. It, it felt like I didn't know much about Taika, but like from what I've read, he was just an angry little guy who did a lot of hits, <laughs> and he was he was a dick. Um, but he just felt like that song fit him. <laughs> right. And, I, and you're right. It was a different different kind of song than from what you'd heard from a lot of Soundgarden. But because I just immediately just love it and I didn't even yeah. think about it that way, that's how I didn't get it. But I, I like it. It's a good, good addition. And it's also, it's a punk rock song with a mandolin solo. Yes, which is cool. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is cool. Very cool. Uh, all right, number six. All right, my number six is from, um, I, like how, I guess they're prog rock, maybe, but, you know, definitely like kind of pop 70s, Pop slash prog rock um, sticks is the band, and it's a. Uh, I guess it was kind of a hidden track, um, and it is called "Don't Sit on the Plexiglass Toilet." <laughs> Never heard of it. It's like a weird Harry Belafonte song got yeah. put into like a uh, a Sticks you know rock album, um, and they do they'll they'll mix up their stuff. Sticks you know come sail away. They'll have some slower stuff, but then they've got you know Renegade and some other like more hard rocky stuff. Um, but this is on their 1973 album, The Serpent Is Rising. Obviously, just I think it's an innuendo. Um, <laughs> the Serpent Is Rising, but anyway, it's a it's just a kind of fun silly islandy vibe song that they have into is that it's actually put in at the end of like the first half of the album it's like before you flip the yeah the track over or the the vinyl over um but it just i thought it was silly don't sit on the plexi it it talks about you know wiping your butt with the toilet it's just 
It's dumb. It's just a sure. dumb, but I kind of like the vibe of it. Sure. So. Uh, one thing that I actually adhered to, um, which I, I don't know if you did, I decided not to use any hidden tracks. Oh, I did albums. not. Ex- I allowed hidden tracks. Okay, I did not. I want. I I only wanted it to be like tracks that were actually on the thing. So I didn't use any okay. hidden tracks. So we're definitely gonna be. have some different at the top then. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, all right. So my number six song, I came to organically, in which I've I've known about this song for the last twenty years, um, because the album itself, I believe, came out in two thousand and two thousand and three. So it's definitely my latest, later one out of all of my ones. It still fits the before 2005 one. Um, but it was uh, an art, it comes from an artist that was one of my wife's favorites. Um, and when that album came out, uh, we bought the album and it was one of our road trip albums. It's actually a fantastic album. I actually really like it. Uh, it comes from a female indie rocker uh, from the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and that is uh, Liz Fair and her song, HWC. That's that's my number five, actually. So HWC uh, stands for Hot White Cum. <laughs> I I didn't really know this one until I was kind of searching from different like funky songs, and this one came out. The style is very Liz Fair. It is. It sounds that, like all the rest of her songs, even on exactly. that particular album. But it's the lyrics. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Holy shit! And I remember the first time we listened to that album, and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, the song starts, and you're like, all right, this sounds like it's going to be a good Liz Fair song. And then she gets to the chorus, and you're like, what the hell is going on? Give me your hot white cum. Yep. And she talks about, like, like using it as, like, skincare. Basically, or yeah, it's the, yeah. the best skincare, the best magazine advice, you know, skincare kind of thing. It's like, okay, I like it. Uh, it's giving me some good visuals about Liz Fair, who's a very attractive lady. But it just, yeah, when I first listened to it, just from this kind of doing this research, I was like, holy shit, I've got to include it. It's so <laughs> yeah. crazy. It was, it was an absolute crazy song. Yeah. So, I mean, fun, fun call. Uh, yeah, it's, it just, it's so shocking. Um, just hearing that, but I mean, I love that she, she didn't, she didn't shy away from that stuff. So from what I saw that she said she wrote it sincerely it was about her being in love and having great sex and she enjoyed getting that hot white gun. she has always seemed like a, a woman who does not give a shit what you think yeah and is gonna yeah, speak her mind very much respect that yeah uh all right well i guess that swings around to my number five then mm-hmm. um and this uh comes from a, a rock and roll icon and he mostly sang this one live. All the recordings I've ever heard of this song was from live, so I don't think it ever made it to mm-hmm. a studio. Um, but it's funny as hell, and I'm talking about the Chuck Berry song, <laughs> My Dingaling. And then Mama took me to grammar school, but I stopped off in the vestibule every time that bell would ring. Catch me playing with my ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-
is beautiful. You know what I heard? I heard. Yeah, that was uh, an honorable mention of mine. That no, I, it made it definitely made a album. John, that was a, that was Chuck Berry's only number one hit. Are you serious? It made number one in like fucking in the seventies or whenever the hell it came. It's sixties. That was a legit Billboard number one. I can't believe America. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it's insane. But it's such a silly, stupid song. I was actually playing some of this playlist for Keisha. And I was like, okay, let me show you this. And I was like, Chuck Berry, you know, the rock god, one of the one of the one of the people legitimately considered one of the guys who created rock and roll. And I was like, let me play this song for you. And she was like, are you fucking kidding me? My <laughs> dealing. Yeah, it was it was it's ridiculous. But like, it's it's an iconic one of these weird songs. Uh, all right. Number four. Number four. We are moving along. All right. So, John, what if I told you? There was a song in 1972 that's kind of weird, but also kind of hard rock, almost early heavy metal. And what if I told you that song was done by the Osmonds? And even further, what if I told you it kind of fucking slaps? <laughs> that, is, that is my number four. It's the Osmonds' Crazy Horses. Like it sounds like a early seventies, like early metal like, band, like, like a legit, like, like early Black Sabbath or yes. something like that. <laughs> Never would have guessed that was the fucking Osmonds. So li- I think literally it started from there. We're just like messing around. Somebody just started like the just playing that, and then That's the rest a great of the riff. By the way, that was a huh? great guitar riff. Yeah, I mean it sounds. It literally you could put this next to other like early he- hard rock heavy heavy metal kind of style yeah. stuff, and it. Play, other than the weird, like the that's a weird thing um, that they have. It's not a theremin. They said they use something else plugged into like a like a weird wah wah kind of pedal okay. or something. That's how they got that st- that sound. It actually charted number fourteen on the Billboard Hot 100, so it wasn't an unpopular song. Um, it is the only Osmond song because most of them are sung by uh, another guy and Donnie. Um, Donnie doesn't sing on this track at all. The lead's vocals are done by Jay Osmond, and this is the only Don, uh, only Osmond song sung by Jay Osmond. But his voice is it's 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 rock. It's it's metal. Yeah, <laughs> I like it, man. And it's it's so weird for the Osmonds that I felt like it needed to be added. That is total. That totally <laughs> tracks. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my number four. I don't expect you to know or have heard before. Um, it comes from an album that I listened to when I was a teenager, and oddly enough, it's my favorite song on this album, which probably doesn't bode well for the rest of the album. <laughs> um, that I actually, I have there's there's one other song on this album that I would find like singles worthy, and it should be not that much of a surprise to you because we've actually talked an album from this band. I'm talking the band Helmet. Oh. And off of their third studio album, 
uh, but it was the one following Mean Time, which was the one that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, and the album was called Betty, and it's the song The Silver Hawaiian. Doesn't sound anything like Helmet at all. I it mean, sounds it, it, nothing like the band. I, I get much more primacy vibes from that. <laughs> yes, um, it and it's. I this is where the name of the album comes from because literally the chorus is just him going Betty, hey Betty, hi Betty, hello Betty, 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 please Betty, my Betty, whatever it is. Okay. Um, and it's a it's a low growly voice. None of this sounds like Helmet at all. It doesn't sound mm. like the rest of the album. It's a weird outlier in this album. But it really is kind of groovy. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I like the guitar. Dun, 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 bum, 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 bum. It's it's very groovy and very uh, fun to listen to. It is just weird. Yeah, I, I get that. Absolutely, doesn't sound anything like them. I like that. Uh, all right, we made it to our top three. So my top three are definitely ones that we're going to make my list um, because they're nostalgic. And yeah. this one is a uh, not a hidden track. This is. Uh, on a band that is one of my all-time love bands um, in the 90s. They were one of my favorites, uh, Pearl Jam. We have talked one of their albums before. This was not on that. This was on a different album. And this is their song, Bugs. I got bugs. I got bugs in my room. Bugs in my bed. Bugs in my ears. In my head, bugs in my pockets, bugs in my shoes. I mean, so the song is basically Eddie. It's, it's just Eddie Vedder. It's Eddie Vedder. I think he has some guitar, but it's mostly accordion that he bought at a thrift shop. FYI, he just found it. <laughs> Literally, I think he was just like, "Hey, I'm going to do something silly with this," and then a song about bugs. Um, it appears on. I think Vitology is an absolutely phenomenal. Pearl Jam album it is it is up there as one of their best because it's got some of their absolute these phenomenal amazing songs better man is on vitality yeah nothing man corduroy spin the black circle not for you all of those are amazing songs but then it's got some really weird ass songs as well any one of these could have made the list actually called um I Davantina uh, bugs and then uh particularly also hey fox hop Hey, Foxy Mop Handle Mama, That's Me, which is the ender of the album, is also kind of weird. And they do, like, loop recordings for that one. Like, um, that's... And, a, and actually, that last one, that Fox uh, Fox Mop Handle Mama, that uses loop recordings of real patients from a psychiatric hospital. So that wow. would have been a fun one, too. You could have included that one, but Bugs is the one I actually can listen to. <laughs> it's the <laughs> one that I listen to, like, you know, that, that actually I think is decent enough. It's just kind of... It hits me in the right silly vibes, um, where it's not just too fucking crazy, but I like it. And it's, yeah, it's on a great album. So it's an album that I have and, and do listen to through every now and then. Um, so yeah, I, I have always had a nostalgic thing for bugs. 
I uh, I saw that album on lists, but I, or the song, and I but I never got around to actually listening sure. Uh, sure. to it. But uh, yeah, that is uh, weird. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> All right, so my number nine uh, comes from another band that we've already talked about, but uh, and I've mentioned this song before, but it was not on the album that we talked about. Uh, that's because the album that we discussed was in English, and this is a German band. Oh, I'm talking the band Die Totenhosen. <laughs> um, and this. Oh, okay. Oh, it's actually going to Rammstein. Nope. Uh, this is uh, the, this band was introduced to me by a German exchange student when I was in high school. Um, became one of my favorites. And actually, this was the song that introduced me to the band, uh, which is in German, and is basically them singing a bar song that gets progressively faster and faster. And you can find it on a, a greatest hits compilation album mm-hmm. called. And I'm going to butcher the pronunciation so Adam can laugh at me. Uh, Reich und Sexy. Yeah, yeah. Reich, Reich, Reich und Sexy. Rich and Sexy. Rich and Sexy. Yeah, yeah. Which the cover is just the band with a bunch of naked women on it. I yeah, I remember talk. I remember looking that up and talking about that when we when we um talked about that so, that album. Yes, and I some somewhere in my collection, I do actually have that double album one mm-hmm. that I, I I bought back in like early two thousands or something like that. Uh, and that is the song, Eiske Gunther Bumbelunder. Dazu ein belinken Brot mit Schinken. Schinken! Ein belinken Brot mit Ei. Ei! Das sind zwei belinken Brote. Eins mit Schinken, eins mit Ei. Und dazu Eis gekühlt, der Bongalunde. Bongalunde, Eis gekühlt. Eis gekühlt, der Bongalunde. I mean, I remember Dito Nose, and I mean, they're punk style, but they also incorporate some interesting, funky stuff. Yeah, they and have so a little totally bit of weirdness to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's a little bit more unusual in that it's just, it's literally just a, a bar song, mm-hmm. and it's just sung over and over and over again and gets progressively faster. Um, and it's been, it's always been one of my favorite sort of weird, unknown songs. So, sure. for nostalgia's yeah. sake, it was going to get high on my list. Yep, good call. Uh, all right, you're number two. All right, we are high up on my list, and now we're going to talk about an out al- from a song from an album that we have talked about before. It was actually our very first album review that we did, mm. and it was the hidden track on that album, and it was Green Days, All by Myself. I was alone. I was all by myself. No one was looking I was thinking of you Oh yeah, did I mention I was all by myself All by myself And it's about masturbation Yes And it's about being alone And just, um, yeah, it's on the Dookie album Which John and I both fucking love that album Yeah um, An unstoppably perfect album And it's it's exactly what I want from a hidden track It's certainly weird It's humorous You know, thinking about masturbation is very silly <laughs> At least with the way they put it out um, And it sounds like nothing else on the rest of that album It is honestly a perfect way, I think, to add a hidden track The way that they do it And those hidden tracks, they need to be in, you know, I, I think the way it does it here, 
hidden tracks need to be a nod to the people who are listening all the way through. It's mm-hmm. like the, the the actual fans who right. listen from top to bottom. I think they need to be a nod in some way, like either like give them a great little extra thing or as like a, hey, you listen to all this other stuff. Here's something really fucking weird now. Right. And this does it perfect. Um, and I think honestly, I think to throw out hidden tracks in general, I think they're perfect for the tape. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're even as good for the vinyl because you can see how much vinyl is left on there. Right. On tapes, you literally have no idea how much tape is left because it's so hard to see. It's not like, you know, with with uh, CDs, usually you can see a counter or something right. like that on time-wise or you can see like how many tracks there are on there. They were such a perfect medium to use or they're per- such a perfect thing to use on the medium of the cassette tape. Yeah. And we had the cassette tape and it was just such a, a perfect thing. And I, and I just I'm very nostalgic for that track. Yeah. If I had if I had included hidden tracks, it definitely would have made my list. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it is a fantastically weird song that doesn't doesn't <laughs> seem like it fits on the album and is funny to boot. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, my number two is actually one of the songs that actually made me think about doing this list, um, and it's one of my favorite kind of weird, unusual songs uh, by a classic rock band, uh, and it is Boris the Spider from The Who. Look who's crawling up my wall Black hands very, very small When I think of weird songs, this is another which right up there with Police Mother, Boris the Spider, Spider sung by um, John Entwistle, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the bassist who the bassist. really he, he was just he was that kind of he was quiet. He also held his bass really high, yeah. if I remember. Yeah. But he was just kind of quiet and just he was in a, a, a raucous band, The Who with Keith Moon and uh, Pete Townsend. Like they were fucking loud noisemakers. Right. Roger Daughtry can belt out stuff and he would whip his fucking um, microphone like basically way up in the air <laughs> and then there's just John Whistle being a weird guy standing like tall did barely moved right. and then he would pull out Boris the spider it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> uh, so, but it's, it's, a great, it's, it's a great call it's an, it's a classic call yeah it's it's a fun one and, and very you know I'm, I'm glad they let him let him at least do something mm-hmm. so yeah yeah exactly uh, alright our number ones all right, my number ones. Um, as you mentioned, if you would have allowed hidden tracks, I have no doubt in my mind this would have also been on your list and maybe high. It was from another album that we have already talked, and I think it is just another perfect hidden track. I am going with Better Than Ezra's Pork and Beans. <laughs> Der Pork und Beans mit Sauerkrauten. That's all you need. That with the 
insanity of the distortion, <laughs> the silliness. It's another perfect representation of what a hidden track should be, yes. in my opinion. And I, I, I give this one the nod because I think this one is just extra strange and extra weird and different than this. They're very pop rock kind of stuff. You know, indie, indie, pop rocky was was kind of what better than Ezra. You know, alt rock stuff was what they had. And then you hear this song at the end and uh, you get confused. <laughs> you get so, but I laugh and I love it. And I like that hard sound to it. I yeah. it had to be my number one. That's cool. Uh, you know what? I'm, I may maybe I should have said something earlier because we still could have done one like a top ten hidden tracks. Yeah, like, true. But you know what? It's fine. But I I love that one too. Yeah, and for the same reason where it's unexpected. It doesn't sound like anything else. It doesn't sound like the it's the band. It just sounds like they're fucking around. Yes, and the yeah. in the best possible way. And he does like that creepy laugh as well at some point. Yeah, it's great. It's great. great. It's great. It's great. It's great. <laughs> One more and I'll believe you. It's great. Uh, coincidentally, my number one is also sung in German. Okay. Uh, and it, the reason I find this to be a weird song is because it is a fairly, I would call them a serious band. And it's, it's in a very serious album. It's a kind of point of levity in an album that it takes itself serious, but in a good way. Not like it takes itself too serious. Uh, but it comes out of nowhere, and I know you love the song because we talked about it on an album review, and I'm talking about the song "Die Aya von Satan" from Tool. Auf einen gefettetes Backblech legen und bei 200 Grad für 15 Minuten backen und keine Eier. Oh yes, there is another Tool song that is going to be in my honorable mentions. But yeah, I do love that song. Yeah, uh, it's a great song. It's hard. It's 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 hard. It rocks, uh, and it's a cookie recipe. Yes, literally yeah. just a cookie recipe. I, I ended up, I kind of lumped Tool in with some of those other, almost like, a, not quite like Queen, but where some of their, like more, maybe more like Primus, where some of their songs are just strange fucking songs. <laughs> but yeah, The Iron Von Satan is absolutely fits. It's a great song. Um, I'll say my honorable mention was uh, Maynard's Dick, uh, mm. which is a hidden track on the Salival, uh, which was a tooth a box set that came out in 2000 of live takes and or live songs and outtakes and stuff. And literally, they're just going Maynard's Dick. <laughs> I, I think literally the song about like you know oh everybody's sucking Maynard's cock kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but they you know it, it actually even had an acoustic sound uh, to it, but. Which I think, honestly, I think Tool should put out an acoustic album. I think it would be fucking great. I think it would be great, yeah. But but back to Diary of Von Satan, great, great fucking call. All right, that was a fun list to do, actually. Yeah, I, the research was a really good time yeah. uh, doing this one. So hopefully uh, y'all liked it. And that was our top ten weird songs. Please join us next time as we're joined by Scott Grimes from the podcast People Don't Forget to break down the 1999 film Varsity Blues discuss the 2000s TV show Friday Night Lights, and recast Varsity Blues using actors of today. 
If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found.